0: welcome to legends from the hill the franciscan university alumni podcast where we talk to alumni about their candid experiences as students and what they're doing in life now here in season two we are excited to be talking to alumni who currently work at the university in a variety of departments we look forward to hearing about what has changed and developed in their part of campus over the years and what has stayed the same through the test of time We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. Today we're pleased to be joined by Mark Hanrahan, the Dean of Admissions at Franciscan University. Mark is a 2004 grad of business management and is married to 2005 alum Krista. After working at Franciscan once, he moved into the business sector and even started his own consulting company. Recently, he's returned back to Franciscan as the Dean of Admissions. Let's hear more from Mark. Mark, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Christy. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, let's just jump right in. You Today, you just drove down the hill to the, yes. the podcast studio, but originally, where are you from and what brought you to Franciscan in the first place?
1: Yeah, sure. So I grew up uh, right outside Boston, Massachusetts, so uh, a New England native. Um, lost my Boston accent being out here for 20 years or so. Um but originally, um, I, I started playing college football in Boston, and so I, I kind of grew up in a small town. Um, sports was pretty big, and we won the high school state championship when I was a senior in high school, so got recruited to play college football, and that's kind of why I, I went to school. I went mm. to school to get a business degree and play college football, uh, so I went to a um, a top 25 division, division two program up in Massachusetts, um, and I did that for two years, and it wasn't until after my sophomore year, it was the summer between my sophomore and junior year, a priest had started Life Team at our parish, and he asked me to join the core team, and um, so over the course of that summer, I really was exposed to some things um, that I had never really heard. I had never... Even though I had gone to Catholic school for a few years, I had never really been catechized properly and fully, and so I started, you know, going back to confession and going to adoration and going to daily mass, and my life radically changed. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and so it was toward the end of the summer, and I um, I was about to go back and play my, my third year of college football, and my bags were packed by the door, and I was just having... This real internal struggle, this real discernment of like, how can I do this? How can I go back into that hostile environment um, with this really this this newfound faith? Uh, How can I grow like this? This seems almost impossible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it. It. You know, it turned out to be it wasn't the, the answer for me. So it was the day before I was supposed to report back for, for camp. Um, I went to a Proud to Be Catholic concert. It was a, it was a big conference type thing with, um, with mass and music, and it was up in Salem, Massachusetts. And I brought a bunch of teens from the youth group that day. Um, and that was the day that, that I had my my St. Paul moment, as I tell people. It was like God spoke to me very clearly that day um, that I wasn't meant to go back and I wasn't meant to go play college football. Um, and so he actually introduced me to, to someone who graduated from the university, and I had known through our parish and and— um, and through music ministry, and so she pointed me to the table over there that said Franciscan University of Steubenville, yeah. and it was a an admissions table, ironically, and so Very I went over ironic. there, I went over there, and I got some information, and I I told my parents, you guys need to stay up late, I gotta tell you something when I, when I get home, so um, so I went home that night, and I, I told my parents that I didn't want to go back and play college football, that yeah. I was thinking um, and at the time, I was, you know, fresh off a of conversion. Um, I thought that, you know, maybe the priesthood is the answer, you know. So I had, I had found the Steubenville as a place that I could discern both the priesthood and continue my business degree. So I um, <clears throat> tried to get in that fall. It was a little bit too late, and so I was told to uh, come in January. So my, mo- my, mother, my mother and I came out here about 20 years ago and uh, sight unseen for spring orientation. And it it changed my life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, I wasn't expecting that story. (laughs) Gosh, were your parents at all like, maybe just go back, play football for the semester? Yeah.
1: My dad. um, So my dad was a huge, like, he was a huge fan of, of me. He liked going to the football games and tailgating. And it was also, it was a very good business school. So he was kind of, he was very, very practical and thought, you know, hey, this would be good for your career. And, um, but I think, you know, the, the, the more he saw my, my passion and my faith come alive. And I remember one day he, he had a, conversation with the priest my brother also had had a big conversion that summer and you know that changed his life he went out to california started doing some volunteering with you know um and so uh, you know my dad asked the priest like what are you doing to my kid like my, Ah. my my sons are doing these radical changes in their life yeah and um and he just said hey I just introduced him to Jesus. Wow. Like, it was just awesome. So Father Jim is uh, the name of the priest who, uh, I would say, had a, a profound impact on my life and and changed the course. I mean, if, I, if it wasn't yeah. for him and it wasn't for me coming out to, to Franciscan University, I don't know where I would be because, right. um, you know, playing college football, I wasn't, I wasn't going in the right direction, yeah, <laughs> yeah. spiritually, you know, so.
0: Wow, okay, so sight unseen, mm-hmm. you land in Steubenville on the hilltop. Yes. Uh, what was your experience as a student like, and was that a pretty drastic change from football, being a student there as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I would say, when I do things, I I I tend to make radical changes, right? I don't do things... Um, mildly. I tend to be kind of pretty extreme. And so, you know, going from, I would say, a, a secular college football environment out here, um, you know, my, my, my conversion was pretty radical. And so um, coming out here, I remember my goal my first semester was to go to daily mass, to go to mass every single day. Mm-hmm. And I was so blown away by, um, you know, going from a, I would say, like a a secular college environment to a place that offered daily mass, never mind, multiple, multiple. multiple. Back then it was three times, now it's four times. Um, So that was my goal. My goal was to to go to daily mass. I did that my first semester. Um, I met some incredible people. I mean, just, I, I was blown away by the the depth of the students here, the the friends that I met. I remember, you know, meeting some friends and having just deep theological conversations. Um, there's a, a buddy of mine up in uh, Michigan, uh, Mike Tober, and I remember asking him, you know, what's the difference between doctrine and dogma? Like I <laughs> I didn't know that I was a fresh. I guess I was right. Catholic, but it, you know, a, a fresh revert mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I, I was just so on fire for my faith, and and coming out here was the it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I actually, I lived down on lower campus. It was it was where um, we put transfer students. So okay. down here on on lower campus in Bonaventure Hall, um, so I met some guys that were. More my age, they weren't the, the traditional eighteen year old freshmen, um, guys who had done net, guys who kind of had a, maybe even had a, a past like me, like right. a, a former, um, a former self. So it was uh, it was a life changing experience, and I knew after being here for so I, I was in, I ended up being a student here for two and a half years. So I graduated in May of two thousand and four, um, and I knew. I just loved it. I just loved Franciscan University. It, it totally changed my life. Even though I was a transfer student, I didn't do the full four-year experience. I, I didn't get over to Gomming um, because I was a business major, and I had to start. I had to take the sequence of courses like accounting one and two, business mm-hmm. law one and two. So I wanted to go to Gomming, but I didn't get to. Um, but e- even after being here for two and a half years, I realized. Oh my gosh! There's something so special about this place, and uh, and I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess you want me to keep going and tell you the story of of how I stayed and why yeah, I'm here. 20 years, why absolutely. I'm here 20 so, twenty where, years later, where did you go from there? <laughs> yeah. So when I came out here, I was discerning the priesthood. I didn't join the the formal priestly discernment program or the pretheologate program, um, but I did. I discerned that I was called to the vocation of marriage while I was a student here. So, um, I met my wife when I was here. So I met Krista. Lovely. Uh, she was a student and, uh, you know, we, as, as Scott Hahn talks about, you know, typology, we, we met in the old Testament and we got engaged in the new Testament. So that's where we met in PBS one, which that's is our funny. old Testament course. <laughs> um, I didn't do so hot on the first, uh, quiz and she got a, 100, and oh. I, I didn't do so well, so <laughs> I asked her if she wanted to study, and ah, sneaky. so we got together one night, and um, yet yeah, we didn't study, we just talked, ah. we hit it off, and, and talked till the wee hours of the morning, and, um, you know, started dating a few months later, and then, yeah, got engaged while we were in, in PBS2 together oh with Dr. Minto, so, you know, met in the old, got engaged in the new, and um, so I graduated in 04. And Krista was scheduled to graduate in 05, which she did. So okay. I knew I w- I'm not going back to Boston. <laughs> like I I got a, a fiance here. And so I knew like I wanted to stay close to my fiance. And I also wanted to work for a, a very Catholic organization. Like that was that was like my criteria was it has to be a Catholic organization. Uh, organization. It has to be an employer that, that I can live my faith. I can't. I can't hide who I am. That's not me. So, um, I started looking for jobs, and um, a job in ed- admissions popped open. And um, I think at the time I-, I knew Father Dave, and I think Father Dave said, "I think I think you'd be pretty good at this." And so, put my hat in uh, the ring for the the job and interviewed on my birthday. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I got offered a job. So I started as an admissions counselor. In 2004. That was where I began my my career at the university, as uh, recruiting students from all over the country, traveling to youth conferences back in the day when hmm. fa- Father Dave and I went to a few together. I remember flying on planes with him. Being um,
0: the person at the table. Yeah, being the
1: person <laughs> at the table that was recruiting people who wanted to come and have mm-hmm. a, life-changing a life changing experience. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sounds like the perfect place for yeah. you.
1: Yep, it was. Full it was circle. A, it was a great fit. Yeah. So career wise I spent um, three years in admissions, so I was an admissions counselor for three years um, and I knew after my after my first year on the job, I just knew that i loved i loved working for the university I loved enrollment management it was like hmm. I just loved kind of the combination of sales, customer service, recruiting students marketing hmm. um I'm very outgoing and extroverted, so it's a people, person, yeah. job. And so I, I just felt like, wow, this is the sweet spot. This is a this is yeah. a perfect fit. Um, how can I stay? <laughs> <laughs> so most admissions counselors back then gave a three-year commitment. Now it's, it's down to two. Um, okay. But I gave a three-year commitment and said, yeah, I'll do this. And um, so it was uh, divine providence that the third year I was an admissions counselor, the freshman retention rate had dropped at the university. Um, you know, it, it had been kind of floating around the mid-80s, 85 86%. Um, and then it dipped to 81%. And so that kind of caught the attention of the board. And they said, well, you know, we need somebody on – Top of retention. We need a person who's who's gonna be focused on retaining students. It costs mm-hmm. a lot to recruit a student. Mm-hmm. Uh costs less to retain the current customers that you have. So we've got you know, we've got people letting them in the front door but nobody guarding the back door. Um so the Office of Student Success was started here in 2007 mm. and I became the, the first person in charge of retention at the university and I was able to um, continue working for Joel Resnick who was the vice president of enrollment and um, it was just a good fit so I so moved what
0: kind of things did you do in that
1: so <clears throat> as yeah as the director of Student Success I worked with all of our current students and so we work with um, our, you know, the the goal is to increase freshman retention, which we did. We got it up to 89 percent, Increase graduation, right? So we, we increased the graduation rates. Um, so you really, you're working with the current customers and you're solving problems. There was, um, there was a term that that Joel used to use, ombudsman, um, and it's kind of like a, a problem solver, right? You, you've you got students that come into your office, and uh, I just met with a lot of students. That was what I did every day, is I would meet with students and um, help them solve their problems. So, so whether yeah. it's
0: academics, financials, Yep, it social. would be all of, all of them. Okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm.
1: we, we lose students for multiple reasons, right? Sometimes it's financial, so you have to You have to be a networker and you have to build bridges and and build relationships and collaborate. So back in the day, I was collaborating with academic affairs, with student life, with financial aid. Hmm. Um, I was helping students get their schedule straightened out, get their bill paid, get them Mm -hmm. extra aid if they needed that. Um, And then we also started programs. So we started programs for, you know, for for incoming freshmen that didn't meet the admissions criteria but were admitted to the university, we created a program for them that's still in existence, um, and it really helps them get through their freshman year. Um, it really helps them kind of get off to a, a good start. Um, it gives them, you know, mentoring, and, and, and we really do a... a, a an in-depth analysis of their academic schedule and kind of steer them toward classes we think they're going to be highly successful in and and that program has has really flourished over over the past uh 15 years or so um so i i really enjoyed that i did that for about 10 years Hmm. um so during that 10-year period um, I also coached the rugby team, okay. so I did that for six years. I was
0: going to ask yeah, if athletics yeah, was a part of yeah your life so here.
1: It was. So when I came out here, um, obviously I walked away from a college football scholarship, and uh, athletics was a big part of my life, and I came out here, and I, I started just my first semester, started playing intramurals. Um, again, I think my experience playing college football um, – it left a bad taste in my mouth in terms of like I'm, I'm fresh hot off this conversion, and I didn't know if hanging out with a rugby team would be mm-hmm. great for my spiritual life. So it took it took me a semester or so to kind of discern that. I just played played intramurals with some you know uh, some friends, and then uh, the more I got to realize the rugby players and some of the guys back in the day, Andrew Neewald and Matt, uh, Matt Slater. And um, I mean, these guys were devout. They were, we were doing holy hours Thursday night and uh, Devin Gradwell was a coach and it was just, it was great. It was amazing. And I thought, whoa! I went to a holy hour uh, one night off campus and Andrew Neewald gave this reflection during adoration. I was like, this guy is holy, hmm. like, and he's a rugger. Um, so I felt like, okay, it's 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 okay to do both, yeah. right? And I, and I think that's the the neat thing about Franciscan University is, especially our athletic program is, we we can do both. We can yeah. do both well, right? Like you can you can compete athletically, um, and grow in virtue. Yeah, and they can so, complement each mm-hmm. other. And uh, so I ended up playing rugby. Uh, and with some great, great, great guys, um, and it was just a, it was a joy to do that. In my last two years, and then when the university um, when the university went into NCAA and brought varsity athletics back, they elevated the rugby coach position. They elevated rugby to a varsity sport as well. Mm-hmm. So even though rugby is not governed by the NCAA, um, they said, you know, if we wanted to be competitive like all the other sports, then we're going to, we're going to hire a, a head coach. So um, I was offered the position over the summer. I turned it down at first uh, because my wife and I were expecting our, our first child in 2007. And then also I was, um, I was offered that student success position. Mm. So I had a brand new job. I had a brand new baby and uh, you know, coaching rugby wasn't in, in, in the cards that semester. But then my wife, uh, who's just absolutely amazing, um, we went to a rugby game one weekend. It was, you know, Saturday and in, in the fall. It was a beautiful fall day. We went up to the field, and um, you know, she just she saw the team, and she didn't think that the team was playing baron rugby like she mm-hmm. knew what it was like and she just thought these guys aren't playing with dignity and passion you know mm-hmm. and that's the kind of the the motto of the team is dignity and passion and so she's like you gotta you gotta take over the team mm-hmm. so she kind of elbowed me and she's like wow you need to go back so you want the, the rugby coach position yeah. so I, I took over the team at the end of the fall semester um and coached the team for the next six years okay. and uh wow. it was fun it was a good time um we went to the national championship. We went to Ireland. We were ranked number one in the nation. It was a good. It was wow. a great. It was a great experience. But more than that, it was, um, you know, it was an opportunity to, um, to coach young men and mm-hmm. to lead them and to challenge them physically, mm-hmm. help them grow in virtue, um, and and that was a that was a really that was a really good um experience for mm-hmm. me good season of life um it was busy uh again my wife held down the fort while I was gone mm-hmm. um got home late every night worked every Saturday yeah. and did that for years and uh you know I had my eye fixed on on this prize of of going to that na- national championship which we went out to Denver and played in uh Tim Tim Delaney was a part of part of that set up the the, the the trip the entourage That's and uh, you know brought the president of the university out there it was a fun time uh, ended up you know coming in third place that year so but um
0: yeah so it's cool to hear like your God doesn't just erase our past he like elevates it and yeah. makes it even better yeah so redeems like, it yeah, yeah it's like wow you gave up college you know a scholarship mm-hmm. but then look at mm-hmm. what comes out, even years later yeah maybe not immediately yeah but that's
1: and I'll, I'll still see guys who played for me and people people still call them, people still call me coach yeah <laughs> and uh it it's good it's really good I, I just bumped into a former former uh rugby player the other day after sunday mass and you know gives me a big hug go Co- coach you know and yeah. uh just a just a great group of guys i just I just have such a place in my heart for those those guys, um, and they're doing great things. You yeah. know, they're they're living good lives, and this guy's wife's pregnant. You know, and uh, eight kids, it's just awesome, awesome family men, wow. and doing doing wonderful things out there in the world. So, yeah, that was good. Good. And then, All right. so let's yeah, fast forward. Let's then,
0: uh, you did a whole bunch of other things. You yep. left the university. Yep. Yeah and you know these things have to happen for you to come back
1: yeah yeah so 2016 um after completing my mba um i did i moved down to atlanta georgia um i was recruited by my brother-in-law to help him run a large commercial construction company um i wasn't really i wasn't really looking to leave i loved I loved my job. At the time, I was doing student success and Austria enrollment. So mm-hmm. the, for three years, I took over the recruitment of the Austria program, which, again, the numbers were going down, and, and they needed somebody to kind of help market the program and drive the numbers back up. So I did that, um, and it was, it was fun. It was exciting. I liked my job. Um, but, again, it was just an opportunity. God God just threw me this total, total curveball. And I, at the time – it was kind of like one of those professional moments where you're like, whoa, that's, that's quite the offer. And um, But we don't regret it. My wife and I went down to Georgia. Uh, we lived right outside Atlanta, and we absolutely loved it. We had a great experience. We belonged to a great parish, and we had a great Catholic community. And, again, le- leaving the industry of higher education was good. It was also challenging. I learned a lot. I grew up a lot. Um, we were a large commercial construction company. did big jobs. We so did did a big job with Disney, um, so it was different. It was um, construction's a competitive, cutthroat industry. But I learned a lot about sales, business development, strategic planning, um, and uh, but at the end of the day, af- after doing that for three years, I just I really felt called to do something that was more aligned with my, with my, my talent, my passion, and my mission, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, again, I spent most of my career in higher education. Um, I spent, you know, most of my career doing enrollment management, recruitment, retention, marketing, Mm -hmm. um, and I really loved Catholic education. So to make a long story short, my kids were at a Catholic school um, run by Nashville Dominicans down in Georgia. They Mm -hmm. asked me to, they asked me to join the school board. So I joined the school board and I started asking the principal questions about enrollment. Hey, how's your enrollment? That's like my go-to, you know, what's your enrollment like? And so the, the enrollment was down at the school. So I said, well, are you doing these things? Like, these are basic fundamentals of, of recruitment and enrollment management. And, and um, you know, the, the, the sister was like, no, I, we, we don't know these things. So I started to develop a strategic enrollment plan for the school that my kids belong to. And, um, you know, that kind of led into my wife and I could tell, like, I I, I think uh, she, she saw something in me. I'm very passionate, right? And so she saw in me, like, when I would come home from work and she'd say, like, how was your day? I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't really talk about my day job. I would talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, I went to the school at lunch and I developed this, you know, recruitment committee and met with Mm -hmm. sister and developing marketing plans. And, you know, she could just tell what I was passionate about because that's what I I really Mm -hmm. get fired up and excited about. So, um, you know, we we decided to pray a novena to Mary Ann Doer of Knots. And during that novena is when, um, one night I just came up with the idea because I realized um, a lot of Catholic schools enrollments are struggling across the country. And I, I my previous, you know, experience w- was in higher education. So I kind of knew that market. I didn't realize the K through 12 Catholic school market had been mm-hmm. really decreasing um, since the 1965 or so. But it, it had been on a, even the last 10 years, a st- deep decline so this problem wasn't just local at the at the parish that mm-hmm. we belong to which was a thriving parish and a really good school run by the Nashville Dominicans but this was a this was a, a problem all across the country so that's how I started my my company which okay. I did enrollment consulting for Catholic schools Great. um and then that kind of Led us to be able to live and work anywhere because I I, I basically worked from home and traveled Mm -hmm. to schools all across the country. So the pandemic hits, my wife and I are down in Georgia and we're praying, and we realized, you know, the world was kind of getting crazy and crazier and crazier. And, you know, we were doing Novena to Saint Joseph, and I was doing the consecration to Saint Joseph, and we just decided, you know, that we felt God calling us home. It was like you know we, we we went down there for a job. I wasn't no I was no longer at the company. Um, you know the pandemic kind of forced us back into homeschooling, which really, you know, when I was working from home, I was like, where are the kids? You know, <laughs> I realized my kids aren't here. They're at school, and so we just we just wanted to bring our kids home and and get back to homeschooling and kind of. um you know, living uh, like a, a really family-focused life. Um, so that led us into deciding to to move back here. And so okay. we just really felt like Steubenville was home. That's where we got married. My wife and I got married in Christ the King Chapel. Mm-hmm. Father Mike Scanlon was the celebrant mm-hmm. of our wedding mass. So, you know, this is where we, we started having kids. We started our family here. And so we... Um, in March of 2020, we decided to move, wow. and that was funny because it took us a few months to, to even you know get on the road and start looking for yeah. for houses. So we moved back here, the weekend uh, of October fourth, okay, the feast of Saint Francis, um, in October of 2020. Okay. So that's when we moved back to Steubenville, and we just we wanted to plant our. We wanted to plant our roots. That was something, like, as we were praying, you know, we were looking at land down in Georgia. We were looking to build a house, and it was like we just couldn't find anything that that felt right, and we just didn't, never found the right fit, and a couple of things fell through. And, um, and then when we were looking to move back, Steubenville just felt right. It was the right fit. We found the right house. We found the land we were looking for. Uh, my wife just said, we, I want to plant roots. And Mm -hmm. so we just wanted to plant deep roots. Um, and we thought, you know, being near the university, you know, we call it the mothership. You know, we just Mm -hmm. wanted to kind of like drop our anchor next to the mothership. Um, so we bought a house 10 minutes away and moved back here October of
0: 2020.
1: Um, Again, had no idea that I would come back to work mm-hmm. for the university. That just kind of yeah. fell on our lap, too. But God's way ahead of us. Right.
0: <laughs> totally. Totally. So let's let's hear about that. You okay. eventually do come back yes. and yep. are now the dean of admissions yes. here. Yes,
1: yeah. So, again, it, it just kind of it, – it just – it happened. Um, the position became available, and a couple of people at the university reached out and said hey, – this is, you know, this is a great position for you. What a what a good fit. My background in recruitment, enrollment management. Um, so I applied for the job and and was hired in September of 2021 as dean of admissions. And um, yeah, we um, I'm just so grateful to be back. It, it's it's you know I have a, a a deep gratitude. You know my my time away from the university was was good the learning was great Mm -hmm. i experienced a lot became an entrepreneur um but i really just missed it Mm -hmm. i I missed it it just it's something that you know you really you feel like you're part of the family and then when you live in steubenville and you don't work for the university you really feel like this is weird you know Mm -hmm. uh i want to be back on the team i remember (laughs) you know going out to lunch one day with bob hickey and uh, bob was back at the university there's a lot of people who have left the university and, and come right. back, you know? And I was like, I was like, man, I just want to get back. I want to get back on the team. Yeah. <laughs> right. And uh, so the right, yeah, the, the right spot opened up and uh, I was able to get back on the team. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great ever since I got back. It's just, it's so exciting to be part of what's going on right now, right? The Rebuild My Church campaign, um, Father Davis, the president and leader, the capital campaign, just the success that we're having uh, just brought in the biggest class ever in right. the history so, of, the, of the university. A yeah, <laughs> big success of admissions, yeah, the yeah. largest
0: class. That's yeah. a huge accomplishment and speaks to you, your team and amazing kind team. of where um, we're going right now yeah. as a university. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have an amazing team. I mean, they're they're. They're the best in the industry. They're, you know, Joel Resnick's been the vice president of enrollment here for um, over 20 years, and he says that this is the best admissions team we've ever had in the history of the university, and I, I agree. Um, and so it's exciting; it's real exciting to be a part of this, to, to be a part of this, um, the time that that you know we're growing, we're building. Um, when visitors come on campus, we have a lot of visitors, a lot of guests. Come through the admissions office every week, every semester, um, and to just see all the dirt moving. And to, you know, we 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 give them a a little postcard. It's kind of a big postcard. It's it's the new Christ the Teacher mm-hmm. right academic building and conference center, and that's going to be the new home of admissions. It's just really. Uh, it's an exciting time to be a part of this, and and as you know, Bob Hickey said, it's, you know, he 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 told me a couple years ago, this place is like a, a rocket. It's about to take off, mm-hmm. and and I think we're we're still in the early stages. I, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just exciting to see the new programs that we're bringing on. You know, criminal justice mm-hmm. engineering was a total hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just brought in a ton of engineering students, and the the numbers are really high for that. Um, so to see all the to see all the things that we're doing, all the changes that we're making, it's really, really exciting. And it's, it's fun to be a part of it. It's yeah, really it is. fun.
0: It's really fun. What would you say are you noticing that sets us apart from other schools when students are choosing to come here?
1: Mm, that's a great question. Well, I mean, the, the thing that makes Franciscan University unique is that it's it's a complete... Life changing experience. Everybody that I talk to that's an alum, and you probably get this too because you talk to a, a lot of alum. Franciscan University changed my life, right? It's it's. I don't I don't hear people that graduated from other institutions, secular, even some Catholic, say that this that yeah that college that changed my life. They got a degree from a college. But I don't know that it changed mm-hmm. their life. I mean, right. so Franciscan University is a life-changing experience. Um, and what's really cool, you'll you'll find this statistic rather I- interesting and uh, exciting. But this incoming class that we just brought in, fall of 2022, largest incoming class ever. But also... The largest alumni legacy class mm. ever. So we brought in about 130 students whose parents went to the university. So we're getting to the we're getting to the to the to the point where you know those classes in the in the late 90s the early 2000s. Some guys that I graduated with, I'll see them bringing their kids here, and it's it's exciting because yes. they had the life changing experience. That was when we started getting you know bigger graduating right. classes in the in the late 90s you know the father mike era. And so it's exciting to see alumni bringing their sons and daughters for college visits. Just met with a, a visitor last week who had 10 kids and the, and she's an alum of the university and she was bringing her first wow. of 10. Wow. We love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, when we have the legacy reception the weekend of orientation yes. when the stu- when the parents drop their kids off, it is just an incredible event yeah, because it's yeah. like wow this is cream of the crop yep. people that had an incredible experience and now get to share that with their yeah, kids yeah
1: yeah really you cool. might have to find a new venue I know right <laughs> yeah but yeah. it's exciting so I mean but to to go back to your to your question I mean what sets us apart I mean the things that the things that we experienced when we were students, those are still here, mm-hmm. right? Even though we've changed, we've added new academic programs, we've added NCAA sports. Um, but the things the things that aren't different are the students. The students are mm-hmm. amazing. We have some of the best students in the world. Um, they're just so great. They're, they're, they impress me all the time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just a high caliber caliber faculty that we're bringing in people are coming here from all over the place Mm -hmm. i mean families are just relocating to the area to be near the university it's just a real exciting place to be this place is a uh, it's a magnet yeah Yeah. you know so there is
0: something different and it yeah it Mm -hmm. feels different right now yeah so that's really cool to hear yeah well thank you for all that you're doing and no problem continue to do for the university
1: it's exciting thank you
0: great All right. Well, we're going to close up here with our quick hot takes from the hill. So these are just (laughs) quick answers to reminisce a little bit. Um, As a student, who was your favorite professor?
1: My favorite professor was Tom Kelly. Tom Kelly. I was just talking to a student about him today. Tom Kelly in the business office, business department. Um, He was, yeah, he's so dynamic. He's, I, I, I've said before, the guy can be a stand-up comedian. (laughs) He just, he just made me laugh, but he was so, so good. Um, and, and kind of skipping to the next question. Yeah. Your favorite class. Yeah. My favorite class was the the capstone, the capstone class in the business program, um, which, which he taught, which kind of just, it, 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 it brought everything together for me. It, It brought together, the marketing, the management, the accounting, the economics. It's, it's really a holistic, um, class that kind of, you, you do a capstone project and, um, I still remember doing my capstone project on, on Krispy Kreme. Mm. And, um, and I, I, think Tom, he'll, he'll remember. We, we sang this little Krispy Kreme jingle and he'll, you know, we brought in donuts it's for everyone funny. in the class and he still razzes me today. It's a, it's like 20 years later about the, the Krispy Kreme jingle, but, oh, That's I'll never great. forget Tom Kelly and, and the business, the business classes I had were great. Also, Mariology, Mm -hmm. Mariology with dr maravalli was i I also got a minor in theology so i was able to kind of you know expose myself to really great theology classes as a a theology minor but
0: great how about your favorite place to study as a student um (laughs) assuming you did study (laughs) i know oh gosh
1: um I'd say I studied in the library mostly. Okay. Um, so my wife and I, when we were students, they used to. I think they were doing they were doing construction on the John Paul II Library at the time. Um, so there was like constant like drilling and, and jackhammering and stuff. Um, so they would hand out these at the at the. The, the front desk, they would hand out these, like, little, like, styrofoam earplugs. Mm, oh, my gosh. Yeah, so my wife and I got addicted to, like, earplugs, right? And Funny. so, like, it's amazing when you put earplugs in how much yeah. you can get in the zone right. and, and focus and get deep work done. But yeah. um, I would find a little cubicle, you know, up in up in the library, put those earplugs oh, in and yes. just, yeah, just That's great. go to town.
0: <laughs> Very good. Did you have a favorite campus activity as a student?
1: attend or do? I mean, I just, I loved festivals of praise. I mean, festivals of praise, daily mass. um, Yeah, those were, those were some of my favorite things. And then also just playing rugby, you know, playing rugby as as a student. Rugby games are just, I think rugby games are the best. I'm probably a little biased, but I mean, a Saturday afternoon, up on the pitch, it's a big campus event, tons right. of people cheering. Uh, it, it's a you great know, location. You it is. You oversee all awesome. of campus. Yeah. That's great. So, <clears throat> you know, Friday nights as a rugby player and a, as a rugby coach, um, you know, we, we had this tradition started before me, still going on today. Um, so I played under a guy named Devin Gradwell who was a, a military guy. And so he is the one who – you know, started the Friday afternoon rugby run around mm. campus, right? And so you'll still see Friday afternoon I was leaving work the other night and ran by the rugby team and they're they're running and they're, you know, they're doing their military cadences and, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a, uh, those were those are good memories, yeah, you
0: yeah. know. Nice. And finally, in all of your travels and work and all of that, have you ever run into an alum in an unexpected place?
1: Yeah, I was trying to think of, uh, of that. Like I've, I've run an alum everywhere. I mean, that's the, the, the funny thing is, is, you know, I mean, it, whether it's an airport, whether it was, you know, over in the Vatican, I remember, I think my, my wife and I, my wife and I went to Italy, um, And in 2006, um, and we, we bumped into my good friend, Mark, Mm. Mark Harfield Mm. and his wife, Katie. Um, so I remember, you know, being in, in the Vatican with Mark and Katie Harfield, um, going to, you know, Christmas Eve mass with Pope Benedict. So, I mean, anywhere from, you know, running, running into people like that in, in a foreign country. And, um, and then even when I moved down to Georgia, um, you know, we went to a parish. It was a parish uh event and it was for homeschool families and it was a, a Sunday luncheon. And uh, you know, I'm going through the the buffet line and this guy comes up to me and he's like, "Hey." He's like, "You know, you're from Francisco?" Oh. I said, "Yeah." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, cool. You know, this guy Ed Morrison, Great. who's an alum of the university, living down in Atlanta teaching Great. theology at the high school down there and um so just became great friends with him. So, yeah. I mean, alumni are they're just everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. They pop you up see everywhere. them everywhere. We have students from all fifty states, and so uh, it's great. You know, whenever I travel, um, I like to you know get together with alumni, and we've got alumni teaching all over the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, so every once in a while, my 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 travels will bring me somewhere, and
0: mm-hmm. it's just
1: great bumping into them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So very
0: good. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for all that you and your admissions team are doing. And we hope that any of our alums listening can reach out to admissions for their children neighbors, friends, anybody. Awesome.
1: Thanks for having me, Christy. Thank you, Mark. This was a joy.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75 year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.